0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Stoner Thoughts podcast here on Spotify. It's me. I'm big chillin'. And I know earlier I told you guys that I was going to tell you the second part to cannabis crimes and caffeine. And as far as that goes, I had a Red Bull like an hour ago. And uh, terrible, terrible decision to have a Red Bull so late in the evening. I didn't even finish it. It was what was left of like a half of one in my fridge from god knows how long ago but i saw a rebel my brain went oh drink that i took a sip i knew something was wrong with it and my stomach has been hurting for like the last 3 hours uh sorry if it, the audio is a little fucky it's a little windy outside right now so like yeah i don't know but where i left off i was explaining that they put caffeine in like painkillers like tylenol advil aspirin all sorts of shit has caffeine in it right caffeine is the world's most addictive drug i mean if you look at the amount of shit that has caffeine in it it's way more than the amount of strains of fucking weed you could find i'm talking like okay everybody at some point in their life consumes caffeine I don't care what you are, I don't care if your religion prevents it, if you're, I don't know what religion prevents you from having caffeine, I know there's a couple of them, but if you're that religion, and you go and take Tylenol, congratulations, you just consumed caffeine, you just committed a sin, I guess, but like, we want to talk about people committing sins, I'm committing one right now by wearing polyester shorts and a fucking cotton hoodie, like, (coughs) look it up, wearing mixed fibers is a sin. But let's get back into more of the crimes part of, like, the whole cannabis situation, right? Because that situation is one of those where it's extremely difficult to, like, really pinpoint, okay, what is a crime and what is, like, a misdemeanor and what is this, what is that? I have several friends who have gone to jail and I even got in trouble for weed too when I was younger friends who have gone to like jail jail because they forgot they had like a bag in their backpack and they came to school i had two buddies get arrested in a big drug bus right and all they had on them all they had on them was like a couple grams because they were just gonna go smoke after school and they had bought it from a friend of mine who had bought it off of me and so i was super paranoid for like a month that like somebody was gonna throw my name in the mix or throw my friend's name in the mix and like i was really fucking scared it was pretty well known at my school that, like, you could get weed from me. Like, it, w- it was not a secret. Like, people knew they could just walk up to me as long as they were, like, cool with me or they're like, hey, so-and-so told me that you sell weed. And if it was a person I trusted, I'd be like, yo, okay, how much you want to get? And I would sell it. To you. Right, a terrible, terrible idea, by the way. <clears throat> Don't ever get involved in dealing drugs. Because, number one, It's addicting. It's it's fast money. You know, if you need to make a quick like sixty bucks, you know all you gotta do is bring some shit with you and walk around school for a few hours and you'll have your money. There was days I would go to school for first, second, and third period, right? Before before school started, I would meet up with people and be like, Hey, you picking up, you buying, you getting any, you getting any. And I'd pick up all my deliveries, right? And then between first and second period, I would go to like outside the guy's locker room. And that's where I would sell to people. I'd be like, okay, cool. Here, give me the 20. Here's your little baggie. You give me your 20. Here's a little baggie. And that's how I did it because then they just go in the locker room, throw their shit in their backpack, leave the locker room, and everything would be fine. Me, I never left my shit in the locker room. I always found a way to carry it on me. Like, that's why a lot of teachers were suspicious of me, because I always wore a hoodie. And I had one hoodie, much like this one, that had this, like, thicker, stretchy, kind of, like, waistband around the bottom. Okay, you know how if you pinch it and you roll it a bit, it's empty inside of there. So what I did on one of my hoodies is I sewed a button on the inside of the hoodie. And I just wrapped a string around that button a shitload of times. I I don't even know how to sew. I just made sure this button was not fucking coming off. And I cut a slit. And then I literally took a stapler and stapled the string to the other side. Now. Jesus, this wind is terrible. Now... What got me about that was like it was the most makeshift fucking pocket I could have come up with. But you know what? It did the job of hiding a few grams a day. The downside was if there was ever drug dogs on campus, they would always alert. Always alert on my bag or my jacket. So I was super careful. To only wear that jacket <clears throat> on days that I knew I was going to be selling at least like eight grams, and eight grams back in the day, I'd sell some people I could hustle and get like thirty bucks a gram from, so they'd pay bank. So I could sometimes come home with like ninety bucks. when you're pulling 90 bucks every couple of days like that's another thing about don't become a drug dealer it's a very lucrative business you never know when the income is gonna be income like it's not enough to like at a small scale it's not enough to live off of it's not enough to live off of until you get to the point where like there is no like there's no redemption from it you're so deep into it that like you're stuck there and I almost fell into that point when I had a guy that I used to buy my shit that I would sell for for him and he would get a cut and I would get to keep my profit this guy one time tried to blackmail me into selling um, meth for him literal crystal meth and he's like you know hey get someone to try it tell him the first one's free this is how you get them hooked this is how you make the money this is the big drugs this is where the money's at you ain't gonna make shit off weed this is gonna be so much better and I was like fuck bro I don't want to be a meth dealer, but, like, this dude was, like, a seasoned, experienced fucking drug dealer. Like, this guy was the real deal. Like, I remember one time I went in his room. Mind you, he was 17 when I was 14. One time when I went in his room, this dude's got fucking, like, pistols on his bed and a fucking, uh, look like an AR-15 or, like, some kind of, like, some kind of rifle like that sitting across like his pillow half sticking out from under the under the blanket under the under the blanket so all i could see was like the stock sticking out and like a little bit of the uh like the a bit of the like the 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 handle and like part of the trigger it was like at the 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 minute i saw that shit i was like oh fuck dude i was like this is not where i need to be right now this is not where i should be right now And then when he tried to blackmail me into selling meth And he was going to tell the police that I was selling weed for him I'm like you're not going to call the cops I called his bluff I'm like dude come on if you call the cops on me And like I can risk going to jail I'll fucking rat your ass out for all these guns and all this shit And he literally picked me up Put me against the fucking wall Looked me in the face and said So you're not going to sell meth man I was like I'll stick to weed bro Because I told him I'm like I feel better about Only selling weed And he was like, I can respect that. He put me down, gave me my shit. And he said, but I'm not dealing with you anymore. I was like, what the hell? Why not? And he goes, because if I keep dealing with you, you're going to know that I'm fucking selling meth. And if you want to get like, get rid of me, all you got to do is call 911. And I was like, dog, it's not like that. And he's like, all right, then. And he handed me a pound of weed, the most weed I'd held up to that point and goes, flip this. So I looked at him like, flip this. And I was like, how much did you pay for it? He says for a pound a week, he said he paid 350 bucks. I was like, all right, cool. That was the biggest lying week that I've ever told anybody, anybody. I sold that shit for nearly like I was trying to really hype it up. I wasn't selling it to anybody for under $28 a gram. Twenty eight dollars a gram, dude. Fucking like alright, let's, let's 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 do some math. Let's do some math. Let's be like, how much does a does a G of weed cost? So many dispensaries sell single grams of marijuana for around $15, depending on the quality of the product. I lied my ass off and told these kids that this was like primo shit, that they weren't going to get this shit anywhere else ever again. They were never going to find anything like this. I smoked it and I got so high and I smoked them out with a little bit of it each time. I had a little one hitter. So we'd sneak into the school bathroom, take a toke real quick and they would fucking pay it. They would pay the $28 a gram at least. Some dudes I got to pay upwards of like 40, 42 when they heard from their buddies that it was good ass weed. I was just trying to get rid of this shit as fast as possible. And this is what got me, this is what got me like the that fast money because I could have sold it. How many grams are in a pound? Go we'll look that up. All right, let's look, let's look, let's look that up. How many grams in a pound? grams so we go over to the calculator so that's gonna be 453.5 times $28 a gram that's 12 G's I didn't make that much off of it fuck no I remember at one point I started just selling that shit for like whatever people would sell it for like 10 bucks 10 bucks a gram dude it was literally a brick of weed. It was kind of dried out. So what I did was me and my buddy put it in a big-ass trash bag with, like... We kind of broke up the the, the the pound brick. And we put, like, five or six orange peels worth of oranges in there and let it sit for, like, four hours. And then that's when we started sealing it. And people would be like, oh, the smell, this, that, this, because we found out online. The orange, the orange peel trick. If your weed's ever dry, pop up in your jar, drop a piece of an orange peel in there. Close it up, wait like an hour or two. If it's only a little bit, wait like 20 minutes. Because you don't want to overhydrate it to the point that it's like mulch. But let's be real, you want your weed to be a little bit sticky. Because weed that's dry as shit is just it is painful. A lot of people, that's their only weed smoking experience is when they try it as kids and get shitty weed. And I always tell everybody, I'm like, experiment with it, get a pre roll. (laughs) I would rather somebody spend five bucks and have a great time than spend 80 bucks and have a terrible time. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, back to what I was talking about. So I flipped this thing, I turned 350 bucks. I didn't make 12 G's back on it, like Google just said, because that, that that was too much money back then. I flipped a pound of weed. I made $7,000. I kept, at the time I realized I should have kept more, I kept $2,000. I kept $2,000. That was what went into my uh, my first bank account ever. I didn't tell my parents about it or nothing. I had an older friend of mine open up a bank account, give me the card, give me the PIN number. And he told me, he goes, you can put money in it. He goes, I won't fuck with it or nothing. He goes, I know you need a bank account. He goes, I know what you're doing. Just keep your money safe. So every like every weekend when I get my check from the, uh, the auto shop, I would take 200 bucks out of that $2,000 that I kept. And tell my parents, I'm an extra $200 in tips. I'm an extra $200 in tips. And then finally, after a while, my mom and dad told me that I could open up a savings account. And they were like, I was like, a savings account? They're like, a savings account. And I talked them into getting me, like, uh, a student, like, a student checking account. I only had this card for a while. Because I was turning 18, like, a few years after this anyway. But that was my my second bank account. Because my first one was signed by um was signed by my boss it was like a pay card like an atm cash card where you could go to an atm and pull cash out and it was in the name of the company and stuff and he would tell us how much was in there like for us because he made different accounts for the different cards. it was complicated as fuck it's basically like a pay card you guys know like wisely and shit it's a pay card that your employer gives you but it it was just like a bank of america thing that he had set up somehow i don't fucking know it was janky so half the time it didn't work anyway And I would just hit up my boss and he would like go pull out the money for me and drop it off wherever I was. If it was in like the daytime and he had a a little bit of time. He was the coolest boss I ever had, honest to God. So when my parents finally got me a bank account card with my name on it and they could see the account and they saw that I was depositing money every weekend when I got paid from the auto shop. Now, when that bank account, when I finally had the two grand in there and was saving up more and more and more and more and more, that's when, like, I remember my mom and dad had been talking in, like, quiet about how, like, you know, shit was going to be rough, shit was going to be rough at one point or another. I started pulling money out, man. I started sticking money in my mom's purse. I started leaving money in my dad's truck. I'm talking, like, I would take, like, a hundred bucks every couple of days right and I would go to like 7-11 or like AMPM p.m. or somewhere like that where I could break the $100 bill easily I mean I need to break this into like 10s, 5s, 20s, 1s whatever you can give me bro and they would give me all these random bills and I'd take those random bills and I'd leave them in my dad's truck like on the, on the floor underneath the seat you know at, at one point I left him in the center console because he left his wallet in there one night and like all of a sudden my parents found were finding this money. And they could never figure out where it came from. One year for Christmas. This is, this is a fun story, actually. On Christmas Eve, my mom gets a knock on the door, right? There's a box outside the door that's, f- like, heavy as fuck. It's a big-ass, like, big-ass box. It's full of, like, cash, and it's full of, like, coins and... When my mom and dad counted it out, I think that I remember them saying it was almost like $300 just in cat like cash and coins, which is crazy. Like who would just bring that to us on Christmas Eve and be like, here you go, have this. Nobody knows to this day who brought it. It just got literally like nobody saw anybody walking away. There was nobody out walking on the street. I looked over the fence. There was nobody walking up the main road that was behind our house. Like there was nobody there. So it was fucking trippy. And I was like, what the fuck? What the hell? We never found out to this day who did it. To this day, we have no idea who the fuck did it. But, I mean, it is what it is. It was really fucking cool. But anyways, guys. Drug dealing is bad. Even though I did something good with the money, don't fucking do that shit. Because I also got in trouble, like I said before for weed I got caught red handed by my parents I could have lost my whole summer like I, I could have been beaten and I would have understood my parents could have called out cops on us when we were high as fuck just to scare the shit out of us or something like that something like that I don't know but don't be fucking stupid just don't be stupid I'm gonna take another hit of this and like think of another cool ass story to fucking tell you guys Tell you guys the story of the time that since it's summertime, and this is around the time that me and my friends did this. We had a buddy who grew up like and lived like way the fuck out in like the boondocks area over here, which is like up north, north Palm Springs. He was way up by this, there was an abandoned gas station on his street. That's how fucking weird this place was. It was just a bunch of houses. A couple miles away from, like, one of the main roads. Out in the fucking desert. In the middle of... There is nothing here, bro. I'm not... I'm not kidding. Like, if you called the cops, it would have taken them nearly, like, 30 minutes just to get from Palm Springs to your house. Rushing. There was fucking nothing at this homie's house, bro. This homie had... We had a PS2 and Dreams, bro. We had a PS2 and Dreams right and I got to be really good friends with this dude really good friends with this dude and his parents were cool they didn't care what we did they didn't care that we smoked weed they gave me weed they gave me beer like and I was like but what if so what if we get like what if somebody sees us because we were outside and the mom and dad look around they're like there's nobody fucking here dude there's all there is is like seven houses in this little neighborhood But I guess, like, the rent was, like, super cheap. But the houses were really nice on the inside. I think there's more built up around this area now. But, like, the abandoned gas station was a trip. Because it's literally just a building that looked like it was, like, it used to be an AMPM. That was the only thing on this street. And then, like, I, I know they reopened the gas station right there. And it's actually really nice now. I'm pretty sure there's a few more houses built right there. Maybe a McDonald's or something. But like that little neighborhood, like all the kid, I, I, the only thing that was close by was uh, there was like an AMPM and a Del Taco, and a, I think well, there was an In-N-Out close to there. Like, but it was on the other side of the freeway, like up in DHS. Oh no, it wasn't In-N-Out. It was a fucking little like mom and pop burger shop. Everybody that lived in that area would drive across the fucking freeway bridge and go to work in that little like convention area right there. A lot of people would walk to and from those seven houses. But it was sketchy as fuck. But the fun thing that we did was we grabbed a cajon drum box, which for those of you that don't know what it is, Google it, drum box. It's literally a box that makes different sounds depending on where you tap it. I had a ukulele. My friend had his guitar. And we all could sing. So we took the bus. We walked six miles to a bus stop. Got on the bus and rode from that part of Palm Springs all the way to my friend's house here in fucking Indio, off Jefferson Street over here, way the fuck down the road from where I'm at. We rode all the way over here, right? And then we walked to my buddy's property, which was like a fucking 30-minute walk, high as fuck, dude. We smoked before we got on the bus. We're on the bus and people are like, play some songs, play some music, play some music. And like, we made 70 bucks in tips. Just going in, like, a four-hour bus ride. The driver was cool as fuck. He was like, yeah, go for it, dude. I get bored on this bus ride. So we were playing songs. We were playing, like, Train. We were playing Bruno Mars. I remember we were singing, like... At one point, we sang, uh, like... Fucking... I think we did Seven Nation Army at one point. But, like, we were having so much fucking fun with this shit, dude. And, like, people suddenly started tipping us. And we were like, yo, one lady gave us a 20... Because she had this to us for, like, an hour another dude gave us a 10 a few people a lot of people gave us fives fives were popular and like the people kept their ones of course because we were on the bus the bus was only one dollar so a lot of people oh well i don't have a one but here dig a five dude you guys are good and we did that and we got to my buddy's house and we realized we had suddenly had 70 dollars. we ordered pizza we bought like 40 dollars worth of bud from our homie who lived like six miles away but he had a car so it was like nothing he drove to us at 11:30 at night to deliver us, but we gave him a couple pieces of pizza because we just spent the the rest of the money got spent on Domino's pizza because they had the cheesy dots at the time and that was what I was all about and we got hot wings and we had soda. we were chilling at my buddy's house dude. And then we had buds, so we smoked, ate a shitload more food because I actually think I actually think this is when there was a sandwich shop that used to deliver. And it was late as fuck at night. And they were open 24 hours. My buddy calls them and goes, hey, can we get three of your, like, supreme Italian subs with extra cheese, extra mayo, salt, vinegar, and olive oil on them? And the guy over the phone was like, bro, he goes, I've been waiting for an order for four hours. Like, he sounded like he loved his job because he basically got paid to do nothing. He made those subs, he made them fat, bro. I mean, he put extra meat on there. There was extra cheese on that shit. The bread was perfectly, like, olive oil and vinegar. It was the most delicious Italian sandwich I've ever had of all fucking time, dude. And he brought us a big-ass basket of fries. I mean, like, he took, like, one of those big brown paper bags and just dumped the fucking seasoned fries in there, dude, and threw in, like, fucking 50 packets of ketchup. He's like, dude, I know you guys are high. And we're like, oh, yeah, and he goes, okay. He goes, I got 30 minutes to be back to the store. I can get there in 15. He goes, Do you care if I smoke with you guys real quick? Because I know you fucking guys are high. They were like, All right, cool. We'll smoke. If you go down the street real quick to the 7 Eleven and grab us more sodas and a couple monsters. And he goes, dude. He goes. He comes back with a 12 pack of fucking Dr. Pepper, four monsters. Another few monsters of a different, fu- different fucking flavors. Like, he got us the, bl- it was like the white, the blue, and the green at that time. He got us the green and the white. And the assault. My buddy asked him a monster assault. Because the assault was the red camel cam before they fucking removed that from the American roster. And, um, uh, he comes back. So we smoke him out, dude. And he eats a couple of pieces of the pizza we had left and he takes off, bro. Never ordered from that place again. Don't know why we didn't, but like that dude, I'm pretty sure he got fucking fired. Because I remember one time we called that place. We were like, hey, is so-and-so working tonight? And the dude that answered the phone was like, oh, he's he's not here anymore, man. He's he's not here anymore. Don't call for him. Well, okay, don't call for him. I'm assuming he probably got pulled over or something, baked as fuck after making this delivery. He thankfully, didn't rat us out. But I don't know, dude. I don't know. But that story was fun. 70 bucks used to go a long fucking way. But the moral of both these episodes is caffeine, cannabis, content. I mean, fucking like um, every there's so many things with caffeine in it. Try not to drink them. I know I've been ragging on caffeine this whole time saying I can't live without it. Don't overdo it. Don't drink like six monsters in one day. I don't even know how caffeine came into this whole conversation, but like I was so baked and I'm so baked right now. That I don't know, but it's already here, and I can't get rid of it. And, anyways, guys, enjoy your summer. Enjoy the nice weather outside if the weather's nice where you're at. Or if it's hot the balls like where I'm at, this is the coldest night we've had in like three months. But, anyways, guys, have a good night. Stay stoned, Stay awesome. And I'll talk to all you guys in the next episode of the Stone Without Spawncast. Good night.